This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you will live like Jesus and share His love. Well, hey, welcome back to Radiant Reflections. It's Josh and JB, Worship Arts Pastor, Radiant Life, having fun in the studio, uh, ready for episode six. Episode six. Is that right? It is. Okay. You always remember. Six. I don't always remember. Episode six. It's yeah. good. Yeah, uh, it so, is. hey, I want to start with a uh, totally not serious question. As I was actually thinking about this driving over today, and I'm like, this doesn't have anything to do with any sort of topic. <laughs> but if there were like a, uh, let's, uh, we'll say a celebrity, let's limit it to like TV or movie. Okay. Actor. Okay. Celebrity. And, and you had the opportunity to like sit down and just go grab a burger. Okay. With some celebrity. Who would you want to go grab a burger with? Gosh, that's a tough question. Uh, a celebrity. <laughs> so right away, I start thinking of movie kind of people. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. movie, TV. Yeah. Some, you know, some actor or actress. I'm a big fan of like the mobster movies. Okay. So I'd probably be like uh, Al Pacino or okay. Robert De Niro. That would All right. That would probably be- Some of your classic mob guys. Yeah. yeah what about you? Uh, I think I would want to hang out with Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves, uh, Matrix. He just seemed like, here's the thing, man. Like sometimes people are like, he gets back him on. for yeah. like, oh, you can't yeah. act. Like I, I've, I've not seen anything I don't like with him in it. Yeah. Also, he just seems like he's, and I mean, he's an actor, so who knows? Yeah. But he seems like he's a pretty down to earth dude. Chill. Right. Like you could go get a burger and it'd be like going to get a burger with a friend. Yeah. So I don't know. There we go. Did Ooh. you know that Keanu Reeves owns a custom uh like motorcycle company? I did not know that. Yeah, and it's sports bikes, like um, you know, ninja style motorcycles, oh, yeah. but they're super high end, like fancy motorcycles. He's a motorcycle guy. I happen to catch that. I don't know how. Random fact. There you go. Oh, cool. Who would uh you want to have yeah. a burger with? Drop it in the drop it in the comments and uh who knows? You might find some interesting things. I like it. Well, <laughs> hey, uh, now the the real the real meat of this podcast burger. <laughs> you see how <laughs> full full circle full circle. It's early. We're we, we, it's not really early in the day, but I need a burger right now. Uh, you know what? I see this. Oh man, that's gonna get me going. I I get I get a little bit upset. Okay, because like, people are like, oh, like this is this is breakfast food, or this is like that's totally a social construct. It is right. Like we're 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 eating all of the same. Things just in different arrangements. Exactly. So I've got, you know, my wife, she's one who, if we go to a restaurant at lunch or supper time, mm -hmm. she's more likely to order a quote unquote breakfast. Yes. And, you know, menu item. Mm -hmm. I'm the opposite. So that's why I love IHOP. Like mm -hmm. I'll go there at eight o'clock in the morning and get like a bacon cheeseburger. Yeah. Because it's never too early for a cheeseburger. And you've got Bert, so. Bert Macklin from Parks and Rec, which <laughs> he coined the term- Brinner, <laughs> breakfast and dinner. So there we go. Uh, <laughs> how did we get talking about that? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. The meat. Who do you meat. have burgers with? Yes. And then Famous. The, the, the burger of the podcast. Yes. The, the meat. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, which we should, we were, we were talking. Yes. Like last week we told you what coffee we're drinking. Yep. What are we drinking? So today? this morning we are drinking Ethiopian from Five Lakes Coffee right in our hometown. In fact, right where we're sitting here in the studio. Their uh, roasting facility is right across the street, a stone's throw. Paul and Jared, the good people of Five Lakes. So, uh, yeah, this was brewed in a Kalita 185 pour over. 
It's pretty good. I like it. Cool. It's kind of kind of has a strawberry taste. I will say this, and I, I I gave this shameless plug at the Radiant Institute last week. Yeah. So recently, Five Lakes rolled out this apple pie tea latte. Have, oh I, have I talked about that on the podcast yet? No. Okay. No, not yet. So this is probably the most magical. Like, I mean, if, <laughs> I mean, it, it's not black coffee because there's sure. not actually coffee in it. But it's they use their cinnamon spice tea, which oh, wow. is one of my favorite teas. Yeah. Uh, but I was really skeptical the first time I tried it because I was like, yeah, is it really going to taste like apple pie? It is like drinking apple pie. <laughs> it is wonderful. Like warm apple pie with a dollop of ice cream on it in a cup. And like, it's just the right time of year for that kind of drink. And it is just the right time of okay. year. So if you're listening and you're local, yeah. you should really go get a uh, okay. one, of those, one of those drinks. So I would say if you are a milk drink, sort of apple pie kind of person, get down to Five Lakes. Yeah. Get del- one of those drinks. It's delicious. Yeah. Uh, also, just a little peek behind the curtain here. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but JB is the master of- Nothing. Words and phrases- You've you've never heard before, but as soon as you hear them, like you you want to incorporate them into uh, your we, daily should life. Should we at least give them one of those? I actually I this do because you just one. used one, and this is the first time I've ever heard you use that was today. So JB is mucking with a camera, and he calls the camera that bad Larry, and I'm like. <laughs> I've never, I've never heard anybody use that before, but now I want to call things bad Larry's. Yeah. What is What are the origins of a so, bad Larry? So that bad Larry is a noun, obviously that, that I love this. That is basically like a catch all phrase or title for anything. And generally it's for something that could cause slight frustration or could be positive as well. So it really doesn't have a, a real solid definition. Uh, but yeah, that that actually comes from a childhood friend, uh, Matt Pearson. Huh. A childhood friend. Yeah. Yeah. That bad and Larry. Would, or, or this bad Larry. This bad Larry. Yeah. Okay. Kind of like when you say, like, if you can't remember somebody's uh, man or a woman's name and you just like, you know, oh boy, oh girl. That's a, that's another one of those Oh boy, things. oh that's girl. You know, you just can't quite get, get their name, but you're trying to tell a story about them. Yeah. See, my version of that was always like, what's his butt? Yeah, same. Like exactly. Kind of thing. Those are synonyms. Yeah. 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 So bad Larry. So the podcast. There you go. The podcast. <laughs> so we're, now that we've got, you know, seven minutes of, of stuff that maybe you don't, but hey, you know what? You, you're yeah. watching still. You subscribe. Or, or you shut it off. So yeah. If you're still with us, now yeah. let's talk about installment six in our series, The Unseen Realm. Yes. Yesterday, Pastor Brandon uh, brought the teaching, and we we started a little bit of a uh, a shift because mm-hmm. we spent the first chunk talking about the devil, the flesh, and the world, uh, and now we're we're shifting to where we're focusing on this idea of the spirit. Yeah. Right. Walking in the spirit, and that was kind of the focus of yesterday's message. Was what does it actually look like? For us to walk in the spirit, uh, he read out of Galatians five uh, sixteen through eighteen, right mm-hmm. where you see, you know, in that chunk of scripture, you see Paul talking about the flesh uh, as you get into you know nineteen and, and whatnot. But he talks about the spirit. JB, you want to read that for us, verses sixteen through eighteen? Yeah, yeah. I say then, walk by the spirit, and you certainly you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the spirit, and the spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other, so that you don't do what you want. 
But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And then he goes into the whole list of, of fruits of the flesh and so forth. So, right. And then yeah. later in Galatians 5, we see the fruits of the Spirit, which maybe yeah. you're familiar with. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Control. Right. So that's that's yeah. what we're talking about, right? This idea of walking in the Spirit. But this this brought up a a question, and I want to I want to unpack this a little bit with you, JB, because as I was telling you before we started shooting, right, like this is a conversation I just had a week or so ago with my wife and with both of my parents, right? How does Holy Spirit typically engage you? I don't. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it does. Um, I think that there's probably quite a few people who aren't even necessarily aware mm. of, of how the Holy Spirit is engaging them. Uh, they might think it's intuition or, you know, they might think that it's just a hunch or like you have an in, internal notion towards something. Um, but yeah, I, I think because the Holy Spirit is Jesus, they're, they're distinct uh, persons of the Godhead, uh, but one, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the Holy Spirit can engage and act like the Father Creator, and can engage and act like uh, Jesus, the Redeemer. So, uh, before we started, I was looking for that particular text, and maybe I'd be interested to hear your your response too. Um, I didn't really answer it, did I? I just, no, but that's all right. So, and I, yeah. I want to give a little bit of setup for this yeah. too, right? So, so in this conversation with my wife uh, Nicole, and then in, then with my parents. Right. It's this idea because, you know, Nicole would say, man, whenever Holy Spirit, you know, kind of guides her or, or speaks into her life, it's it's kind of this gentle, you know, very, very loving approach. And I said, well, that sounds nice. I said, I feel like and, and not that it's never that way with me, but I know there have been a handful of times in my life where Holy Spirit to me, I would I would mm-hmm. I would describe it like he's smacking me upside the head and mm-hmm. saying like you idiot, what are you doing? Yeah, right. I mean, to where it's not the, <laughs> it's it's not gentle, but that's what I needed, right? That's what I needed, and and I, I don't want to say that you know Holy Spirit is some relative thing that you know we oh he'll just he'll be whatever to whoever. Mm-hmm. Although I don't know, maybe you'd say, but but I think I think the reason I think it's important to unpack this is we can we can very easily default to telling everybody else that Holy Spirit will engage them the way he engages us. Mm-hmm. And that if that is their expectation, but that's not how Holy Spirit needs to engage with them, they'll miss it. Does that does that make sense? I definitely think it makes sense. And I do think it depends on the circumstance. You know, uh, but I, f- I found I had to ask Lady Google, which I got quite a bit of cu- quite a bit of flack for calling Google Lady Google. But at any rate, what did they want you to? I don't. Ryan asked me what he was trying to like say. What what is the search engine? And he said Google, but something. And then he turned to me when he was closing message a couple weeks ago, oh, and I said yeah, Lady yeah. Google. <laughs> He's like Lady Google. <laughs> Does he think Google is a man? I don't know. Oh. Uh, I, yeah, I tend to think that uh, yeah, the Googler is a. Uh, is female, but whatever. <laughs> so I had to ask Lady Google where this particular, I knew the phrase, but in John 16, Jesus is speaking and Jesus says, I still have many things to tell you, but you can't bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth 
for he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything the father has is mine. This is why I told you that he takes from what is mine and will declare it to you. So it it seems like the way that the Holy Spirit engages us is to uh, remind us of the things that Jesus said and also to remind us of things to come. Uh, I never, that, that Mm. never really stood out to me. Uh, but again, I think that would come back to the scriptures themselves. Like the scriptures tell us that there is a foretelling in the word of God. Nice. No, that's good. And, uh, I mean, there's, I'm trying to think you just, you just use that, um, with that passage, it talks about this idea that Holy Spirit glorifies the father. Mm -hmm. I think this is in a sense, kind of a litmus test Yeah. as, as we, Mm -hmm. as we, you know, discern and, and try to better understand is this holy spirit is this Mm -hmm. i think a good question to ask is well is this thing that i'm prompted to do Mm. is this something that will glorify god yeah or is this something that will glorify me is this something that will be you know will actually like cast a bad light on the name of god right like yeah because holy spirit will function to glorify god points people to jesus glorifies the father that's kind of his his function there's a litmus test there. You know, there's a way for us to kind of judge and know what things are from God. And, and, and also, I think we always have the word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also would say uh, tradition. You know, we also have historical tradition that helps govern and guide um, the way we, th- we see things and do things in the church as well. Yeah. I mean, because this is where you get those, you get those uh, incidences where you've got somebody that says, oh, you know what? You know, God told me to go and, you know, blow up this, you know. I have an example for this. All right. I, I want to hear this. This is this is going to be shocking to our viewers and listeners. But um, we we once, uh, we, we were at a church and there was a board of elders and there was a pastor there. And they would tell this story about how they had this, this woman that began attending the church. And um, she wanted to meet with the pastor and with the elders. Like, sure, no problem. So they got together and uh, she proceeded to tell them that she really felt like the Holy Spirit was guiding and leading her, directing her uh, to become a pole dancer, like a striptease dancer. Hmm. This is what God was telling her. She felt like the Holy Spirit was guiding her to do this. And, you know, the guys thankfully said, "Mm, (laughs) this must be from the book of Spartacus or third opinions. Uh, because that's definitely not the Holy Spirit Mm. leading you to do something. Because the Holy Spirit, you know, like Kinsey was saying yesterday, how do we walk in the Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit's never going to guide us to do something that is in opposition to the Word of God. Never. Right. Because there's this mutual submission. And then it's it's understanding Scripture in context, right? Yes. Because you could have the person who says, hey, like, God told me to go and, like, and, and unfortunately, these are things that have actually happened. Mm-hmm. Like you've got somebody who's yeah. who believes in the sanctity of life, right? We talked about that last yep. week. Yep. They say, "Ooh, hey, like I think you know God wants me to go yeah. and kill this abortion doctor." Yeah. I I don't I don't think nope. I don't think that's Holy Spirit, right? One I mean, <laughs> murder doesn't justify another murder, right? And it, and you could look and just say, "Well, man, mm-hmm. look at he told 
he told Joshua and the Israelites to go wipe out all these people in the conquest. Like, whoa, like yeah. <laughs> that was that was a, a limited uh, yes. application. But also you see you see when you have that type of uh action being taken, it is typically done on a in a sense a government level, right? Mm-hmm. This is not like individuals being handed, even the judges, right? They acted as the governing representative of Israel. Yes. And and not everything that they did was actually something that honored God, right? They No. No. So <laughs> No, yeah, that's a whole can of worms to yes. to look into. Yes. I was reading in Psalm uh, 137 and it's this beautiful psalm where, you know, God's people are talking about the the captivity in Babylon and, and how they would sing these songs by these riversides. And the very last verse says, happy is the one who dashes the enemies, uh, the babies of the enemies against the rocks. <laughs> I, I'm sitting next to Lisa the other morning and I, I read this psalm plenty of times in my life. I'm like, happy is the person who dashes the babies against a rock. Like, Lord, <laughs> your ways are you're high. Probably, I don't get it. You're probably not going to hear that in any of the verses of the no. worship songs that we do. And can uh, we just, can we just like, make that symbolic? Like, is he talking about the offspring of our sinful nature or something, but not a baby? Like, this is awful, well, but it's there. It's there. I it's mean, there, and, I mean, and here's the reality. Like we get, we get a little bit squeamish sometimes when yeah. we see, when we read about the conquest. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, at the end of the day with those things, it's, it's really like if, if God is the ultimate source of justice, mm-hmm. right, and this is an action He has declared, yeah. then there, on on a certain level, it's trusting that okay, if if He says this is the right course of action, then that's the right course of action. Oftentimes, we impose our mm-hmm. our cultural ideas, our ideas about what is right and wrong. We take that and we read Scripture through that lens, mm-hmm. and that's a mistake. Anthropomorphism. So, Look at that fancy word. Yep. It is a it is a a plague in the church where we take God and make him like a man. Yes. I mean we 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 essentially try to if we can't if we can't fabricate a God mm-hmm. that lines up with our mm-hmm. ideals and our preferences, we we kind of punt on the whole thing. That we've made ourselves God. Yes. And that because if yes. we, if he doesn't fit into our little box, we say we don't want to have anything to do with them. That's right. But well, hey, I want to jump into this uh, idea a little bit more about walking in the spirit. So mm-hmm. it was kind of cool the way that Pastor Brandon did this yesterday. He he looked at each of the three, you know, enemies that we mm-hmm. have the the devil, the flesh, and the world, and he talked about how do we walk in the spirit against those things, right? Because we we see in scripture, right, they are opposed. Yes, right. The devil and the spirit, they're as opposed. we just read, the devil and the flesh. You know, opposed the mm-hmm. world and the spirit. Like these things are are in opposition to one another. So mm-hmm. how do we walk in the spirit? Uh, and when it comes to the devil, he referenced Matthew four, which is the often referred to as the temptation of Jesus. Right. right? Jesus is baptized, and then he goes out in the wilderness, led by the spirit, led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Yeah. And you see these these interactions, uh, at least three of them. We don't know. If mm-hmm. the whole time he was out there, he was tempted. I don't know. We have right. what scripture tells us. And in each of those cases, the way that Jesus counters the devil mm. is with scripture. Mm-hmm. So let's talk briefly, JB, about just the, in a sense, the discipline of of scripture memory. Dallas Willard, in his book, The Great Omission, uh, at one point in that book, he actually says if he could only use one discipline, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm paraphrasing, so if I... So 
just bear with me, right? But read but, the book. But yeah, read the book. <laughs> uh, if he could only use mm-hmm. one discipline, it would be scripture memorization. Yeah. Uh, jump into that just a little bit. Like, what is it? What is it not? Like, what? How do we actually use that? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I quickly think of verses where Jesus said. You know, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So the very substance, the very uh, way that we survive in this world, being, living, existing in the flesh, but also spiritual beings, is through the direction and instruction and guidance of the word of God. So the more that we hide that in our hearts, I think in Acts where it says, you know, when you go before a council, like when you go before people who are trying to condemn and and trying to abuse you, don't worry about the things that you're going to say. I'm going to remind you, well, how did those things get into your mind? You know, that's, that's daily meditation on the word of God. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with, with Dallas and say, I, I think that scripture memorization is really, really crucial. I, I'm, I have scripture memorized and I do memorize scripture, but I'm finding that I, like earlier, I, I, I couldn't tell you the, the chapter mm. and verse. <laughs> like, I used to be able to do that for some reason, my, as I'm getting older, I don't know. <laughs> well, and, and okay. So let's, let's, let's tease that out though a little yeah. bit, because I think that, that highlights maybe one of the, one of the barriers, I don't know, mm-hmm. barrier, maybe, or, or, a, Obstacles. or a, an obstacle with, with memorization. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also where it can get legalistic, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like you've got like, and, and I, I'm all for children memorizing Bible verses. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's phenomenal, right? But yeah. you have certain church programs where Sword it, drills. It, it all hinges on scripture memory. Yeah. The, the trouble can be, it just becomes this rote, like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, hey, I just memorized, you know, 57 verses, where's my merit badge kind of thing. Yeah. And okay, well, what's your, what's your actual retention of that? Like, yeah. You know, kind of thing but also we think oh man if i don't get it like exactly word for word or if i don't remember the chapter and the verse right i think if if you've got that stored away in your heart i would suggest the key is i'm putting it in yes. so that when needed holy spirit can bring that to mind yes Jesus didn't say, well, in Deuteronomy chapter, you know, right. <laughs> he says, Hey, here's what the word of God says. Right. And he speaks the truth of the word of God. That, that is the, the key, mm-hmm. right? So even if you don't have the chapter and verse, um, but you could also just, when you memorize it, if that's something that you feel like is important because you want to be able to reference that, just tack that on as you're memorizing it. They've actually yeah. got a couple of really cool apps. Out there, I've got, I've got one on my. Uh, it's on like my... a three by five card kind of thing. Well, I mean, so you could do that. Now, I did index cards in Bible college, so that's how we did a I, lot of memorization. I usually do it through writing. Oh so yeah, I'll, I'll like I'll write it out Engaging and I'll write it out again. Mm-hmm. I'll write it out again, uh, and then if I'm doing more than one verse, you know, you write the first one and then you start adding the second one and you mm-hmm. progress through that. But there's this uh, this app. Let me. I'll hold it up to the camera. Yeah. So let's see. Um, get to focus. Is it going to focus? Uh, it's not going to focus. Probably Anyways, not. so it's it's just called Bible Memory, or um, I know some people use one called Verse Locker. Mm. So it's just a cool, yeah, a cool way to engage with Scripture and memorize it. Yeah, but, but ultimately to memorize, you got to be in it. You know, you yes. you've got to be reading yes. it daily. And so it's it's interesting. This morning in my my morning reading, I was I I read Luke twenty four and John chapter one. And John chapter one says, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God." And then in verse fourteen, it says, "And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us." So 
as Jesus began to recite those scriptures and verses from Deuteronomy, it was from his own nature, Mm. his own being, who he was, the living word of God. That's how he can, he was able to combat the devil in the wilderness. So that one, that, that first area, the devil was, was combating temptation. Definitely. Uh, using the word of God, mm-hmm. which you see in Ephesians six, where Paul talks about the armor of God. Mm. He, he says, you know, says we have this, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That word mm-hmm. is rhema, right? Yes. Which is kind of like this, like in the moment, right? Like Holy spirit is giving you what you need mm-hmm. kind of thing. We've uh, actually, you, I think you did the teaching on the word back when we did our SWAT series. Yeah, like yes. You, uh, you know, you mm-hmm. can go back into the archives of our messages. Pastor JB did a great uh, job unpacking kind of that idea of the word of God in the sword of the spirit. You can go back, check that out. But yeah, yeah. so scripture memory, right? How do we yeah. how do we combat the devil? Mm-hmm. How do we how do we submit to the spirit and walk in the spirit in our fight against the devil? Scripture memory is is a is a good one for that. Because mm-hmm. the devil speaks through lies, he works through lies. Scripture is truth. So when That's we, right. when we are ingesting the truth, we now have that truth to stand on. And mm-hmm. as the devil comes at us with a lie, we counter that with the truth. That mm-hmm. was the model Jesus gave us. Yes, and we can live out the same thing. Yes. Um, he then talked about how do we walk in the spirit in our struggle against the world. And he mm-hmm. hit on one area in particular, which we we briefly talked about in a previous episode, but that's the idea of contentment. Yes. Right. And and this this is a struggle. You know, we talked about advertising mm-hmm. and just how yeah. they, you know, we are basically groomed to be discontent. Covetous. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're we're groomed to this. So how do how do we fight against that? We 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 come to a place of contentment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Paul talks about this in, in Philippians chapter four. He talks about this in his letter to Timothy. And and the bar for contentment is pretty low, mm-hmm. right? It's like if we, if we have enough food and clothing, yeah, let's be content. If you had enough food yeah. and clothing, would, would you be able to be content with that? I, I struggle with that. Yeah. Well, and, and it's because we are, we're very Americanized, our Western thinking, you know, it, it, it we are wealthier. We are the 1%, mm-hmm. you know, in America, we- From, on, a, on a global perspective. Yeah, on a global perspective. We gripe and moan about the corporate 1% in America, you know, these, these multi-millionaires and, and billionaires, even Elon Musk's and Bill Gates and, and Bezos and these people. But like you just said, in the global reality, we are- the one percent yeah we are the one percent yeah you want to you want to experience that we did this several years ago as a challenge to our youth group right like you've got you've got places like in haiti where and i don't know what it is now but you know as of the time it was like they're living off an average of two dollars a day right now i mean all economies obviously it's not everything is equal but that might be an interesting thing can you can your family live off two dollars a day I mean, what would, that, what would that look like? You, you can't even you can't even get half a gallon of gas for two dollars. <laughs> you can't get a gallon of milk. Can't get a gallon of milk. You can't get a loaf of bread. But that's what they're that's what they're yeah. surviving on. And yeah. again, I know I know the economies are not equal. Like, right? I know. Don't write me angry. Economic comments. But contentment there. is contentment is just such a huge thing. And I thought that Brandon did a uh, throughout the message, and he does this well uh, regularly. He he's very transparent. And I felt like his transparency and just saying, you know, contentment is something that I struggle with. Mm. You know, I think about he's he talked about I think he said vacations. Well, and tools, yeah. which is which is interesting because <laughs> if we if we want to be if we want to be uh, if we're being vulnerable here, 
he he has a sick wood shop. He has an awesome wood shop. And, he really and I'm does. not gonna I'm I, I'm gonna be honest here. I actually wrestle with wanting his wood shop because he's got such a great space. And he's he's super gifted. If you didn't know this about Pastor Brandon, yes. right? Like he's he's really good with woodworking. Josh, you are too. I no, I dabble. I dabble. And I, I, get, I heard you made a dining room table for your family. I did. It turned that out. Is really it turned out cool. All right. It's not. It's not like a pat or a step. It's not anywhere hey, near. Like if that your wife level. and kids can gather around it and break bread, but we can we can sit down by mm-hmm. it and, and eat some stuff. Praise so, God, man. No, That's cool. It's good. Uh, I thought he just did a great job at that, just being open and transparent. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because contentment, you know, the world definitely it, it's everywhere, you know, and I, and I, I also like the way he talked about, okay, so how do we walk in the spirit in regards to contentment and battle the world? He said, he talked about putting to death, crucifying and cutting off. He said mm-hmm. the Lord been, has, had been showing him some things that he needed to cut out of his life in order to stop the barrage of information that was causing contentment, you know, fires burn when you put wood on them. Yep. So stop putting wood on the fire of, of jealousy and covetousness by stopping the flow of advertisement. Yeah. I mean, whether that means you, you get off, you know, whatever streaming platform, you know, mm-hmm. if you watch something that has ads again, every, mm-hmm. every ad they're like, they exist to want you to, to get you to want something. And everybody says, well, you know, this app is free or this thing <laughs> is free. If you, if you guys take notes in the podcast, write this down. If it's free, you're the product. Hmm. If 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 the so, thing you have is free, uh, unpack you that a little bit. Just are no, the no, product. Un- unpack that a little bit. So you think about Facebook. Let's just use Facebook as an example. Why is Facebook completely free? I mean, that's a multi-billion-dollar organization, data centers, huge right. amount Mark, of Mark Zucker- Zuckerberg's yeah. not living off a of ramen. Like, no, <laughs> no, and he didn't create this so that we could be connected with our family and friends. He might say that's why he did. Maybe he did when he started in college and all that stuff. But ultimately, he is he is using extremely, he and his team are using extremely powerful algorithms to learn who you are, to track your habits, to track what you do. And then as you're going through Facebook, y'all know, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, stuff starts popping up in your feed and you are being sold goods. So the free product is making you the product. So that's where, I mean, and we've all done it even with our, with our phones where we'll be having a conversation about something <laughs> and then all of a sudden like that thing, like like you, like, like it's bananas, like you're, I'm having a conversation with JB. We're not, you know, like as far my phone's in my pocket, whatever. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, man, I've been checking out some new lawnmowers, blah, 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 blah. Like yeah. that afternoon I've got, I've got ads for lawnmowers on my yeah. Facebook page. Like, and, uh, and, and so back to what Kinsey's saying, what does that do by you opening yourself up to the advertising stream of Facebook that afternoon when that comes up, you're like, you know, my mowers, it's kind of old. It's not great. You know, Ben, my neighbor's mower's shiny and new. Look at his grass, man. Right, his lines so are tight. Like, got- <laughs> like Ben knows how to mow the grass. Ben, if you're watching, what's up, bro? I got to see Ben the other day. Anyway. Oh, right on. Um, and, and so Kinsey was saying, you know, the way that we, we become content is to stop the flow of things that make us. Yeah. And then, and want to it, that you pair the spiritual discipline of simplicity, mm. right? Choosing yeah, you did talk about that too. Choosing to to simplify yeah. your things. John Mark Comer in his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, does a fantastic job unpacking mm-hmm. this. 
right? And one of the things he talks about is is looking at let's let's say you want to you want to get this brand new lawnmower, mm-hmm. right? but looking at what's the true cost of that mower? Mm. Not only what's the initial price tag, but like what is what's it going to cost yep. in upkeep? Yep. What's it going to cost? And hey, now to do this, I've actually man, I got to pick up a few extra shifts to cover this because it's a little bit outside of my budget. You know, like yeah. there are a lot of different factors to look at. Maintenance, yeah, maintenance, which man, I got to either. I got to take time to sharpen the blades or I got to pay somebody to do it. So all of yes. these things add up to the true cost yeah. of a, of a product. But yeah. And I, I loved uh, how Kinsey talked about that simplification. You know, what is it, what does it actually mean uh, to go into your closet and to say, Oh my gosh, I haven't worn that t-shirt in a year, but yet it's still hanging there. And someone else could use that t-shirt, that that pair of pants or whatever that is. How do we even simplify those sorts of things? We're not talking about what's the, what's the lady sparks joy. Oh, Marie Kondo. Yeah. I mean, I dig, I like that person. I think that's a cool concept, uh, but that's not what we're, we're really espousing here. We're just espousing a a way to live simply so as not to want the things that other people have. Right. Yeah. And, and, and it's a way of kind of walking in the spirit. Yeah. uh, And of of cutting off those, those desires. Mm -hmm. Cause if we can, if we can come to a place where we can be content, Paul says in Philippians 4, he's like, I've been Learn how to be content with nothing mm-hmm. or with lots of things. So Paul isn't saying, oh, we should all only have nothing or we should yeah. all only have very few things. Asceticism isn't the answer. No, right? This <laughs> this idea of a poverty gospel to right. where like you're more right. spiritual if you're poor. Right. That, that's, not a, that's not a real thing. No. Uh, what he's saying is, hey, if, if we can be content right. with nothing, right, we will also have a better relationship to things if we have a lot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as we deal with a lack of contentment in our lives, what, what we find is that our grip and hold on those things and then their grip and hold on us becomes a lot less. I found different times in my life where there, there will be a certain thing that I really love, something that I can sense in my spirit that I'm a little over attached to, mm. you know, like it's become not an idol, but maybe probably, you know, um, and God will challenge me. It's time to get rid of that. It's time to just give that away. Uh, it's time to just divest yourself of, of that white knuckle grip, because what's the saying naked, you came in and That's right. naked, you leave. Yep. That's right. There's no hearses or there's no U-Haul trucks that follow hearses and all those, you know, quaint sayings. Uh, but it is true. And I, I thought I thought Brandon did a great job of of talking about contentment and how we walk in the spirit and, and become content. No, that's good. My father-in-law yeah. uses the language like he doesn't want to be owned by his stuff. Mm. Right. So, you know, yeah. a lot of times we do. And that get, ties back to that idea of true. Like, yeah. you you own this mower, but like you, you're spending all your time maintaining right. and right. using like, oh, okay, well, hey, to justify this, I really got to da 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 so in, in a sense, it owns us. I think connected with generosity when it comes to contentment, I'm sorry, connected to simplicity is the idea of generosity. Yes. Right. When when we are able to give away, right, this this helps break the grip of stuff on our life. And you were you were alluding to that. But then uh yeah, so generosity, giving stuff away, good way to break that the the grip of stuff. Yeah. Now the third arena that Pastor Brandon talked about is mm-hmm. how do we walk in the spirit? 
in our struggle against the flesh. Mm-hmm. And this this hits on a discipline we've talked about multiple times here. Mm-hmm. I will hit on it briefly here as we're getting towards the end of this episode. But he talked about fasting, mm-hmm. right? And and fasting is an interesting thing, you know, when it comes to our struggle against the flesh. And I would suggest that when we fast, right, which is is you don't eat, mm-hmm. whether it's a meal or a day, you know, however, there's there's some, you know, variance there. Mm-hmm. But when we cut off our body, our flesh, from something that it it needs, something that it desires, one of the ways this is a helpful spiritual discipline is it can highlight other areas of the flesh, sin nature flesh, that we need to deal with. Mm-hmm. So if as you cut off your body from food, you find that you're more angry. Your temper is shorter. Hangry. Yeah, you know, you're hangry, which I, I think now I don't want to, <laughs> I don't like it. Ryan and I were talking about this one time. Like, I don't know if, I don't know if hangry is a real thing or is that just our excuse to be a jerk? <laughs> I mean, for right. real, right? I mean, cause you right. see, I don't, I don't remember up sure. until the last, you know, four or five years. I don't, I don't think I ever heard anybody use the term hangry. Like yeah. growing up, nobody said they were hangry. Yeah. Now, that just because we didn't have a word to describe it doesn't mean that it's not a real experience. Right. But, you know, but maybe maybe you cut yourself off from food and, and you find that your temper is much shorter with people. Yeah. Maybe that's an area of the flesh. The Holy Spirit is highlighting to you that you need to submit to him. Mm-hmm. Maybe as you as you cut off food, you've you see other areas in the flesh. You find it like, man, whoa, like why am I being hit mm-hmm. with this or that temptation or this? Well, maybe those are areas of the flesh that Holy Spirit wants to deal with. I don't know. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. And and Kinsey talked about uh, a single meal fast. He talked about a two meal fast. He talked about twenty four hour fast, and they talked about extended fasts. Um, and I I will say in in my experience with fasting, um, there is a window where. Uh, it does seem like the flesh is like, you know, and, and, and sort of bubbles to the surface and you become more aware of not just grumpiness, but just other things that you're, uh, silence and solitude will do this as well, especially being quiet before the Lord, you'll start to notice, oh man, I'm, I'm impatient or whatever it might be. But what I have experienced in extended fasting is when you get you get to a certain place in time, however much time that is for you and your your practice, um, and you you sort of get over a hill. I don't even know how to describe it. Um, but then there is a, a very very noticed shift in mm-hmm. your spirit, your soul, even your body. Um, you you stop being hungry physically after a, a certain amount of time. And there is, I, I have no other way to describe it, but kind of a euphoria or mm-hmm. um, an, an, not enlightenment. That sounds mystical. That sound, yeah, it sounds kind of Eastern. That sounds a little Eastern. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean that. Uh, but you do, maybe more of uh, more awareness to the voice of God mm-hmm. and more awareness of others. You become less focused on self. So there's, it's almost like in, in extended fasting, you you begin to see more of the of the death to our flesh that God wants mm. uh, a glimpse of that. So uh, Akinzi mentioned this in, in his message. And I would say to anybody watching or listening under uh, advice of, of a doctor, 
you know, if you've got blood sugar issues and I'm not a doctor, maybe blood sugar isn't even the thing to be concerned about. Again, I, 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 mean, I think it, it is. I think it is. I think it, it is. is. But, I mean, there, there are people with certain- But I'm not a doctor. <laughs> so regardless, if you're going to do a fast, uh, an extended fast, and I, I'm going to go ahead and say this because Kinsey didn't say this and I, I don't think Ryan did either, but I don't think there's, there's anybody out there you, that you can't fast for 24 hours. I think you can- but check with your doctor. But check with your doctor. <laughs> because I got because there are things like like with, yes. with diabetes. Diabetes. Like that, yes. Where like if your blood sugar yes. like that can be. But for the dangerous. average yeah. person, yeah. for the average person suffering through a 24 hour period and saying that you're not going to eat meals, I, it can be done. It can be done. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought, you know, dealing with the flesh, John Mark talks about this in his book, mm -hmm. uh, Live No Lies there's there's a there's a there's a key that gets turned and a door that gets opened uh by the practice of fasting um that there's freedom you know john mark even says and i'd love to hear your thoughts on this josh john mark says when he encounters people in pastoral counseling who particularly have issues with sexual sin he encourages them to fast hmm. as a way to experience victory and freedom over those temptations what what are your thoughts on that no i'd be i'd be curious and i it's been a little bit since i, I read live no lies so i have to go back and read, read that it. book y'all yeah it's i mean it, it is good i actually he i pulled from that he's got like a he calls it a monastic handbook for mm -hmm. battling demons or which sounds odd it's not it's, it's actually not it's super yeah. practical yes it's scripture based go back to scripture memorization yes it's saying hey when the devil comes at me with this lie this is the truth of god's word how do i mm -hmm. combat those it's it's not weird it's not mystical it's it's mm -hmm. not anything goofy um but yeah i mean i would i would have to go back to review like kind of what the rationale is but that might tie into what we were just talking about because maybe in that like i i as i cut off food it becomes highlighted to me how much of an issue that is how strong of a pull mm. that that particular sexual sin in this case yeah has yeah and i don't if if i'm able to I don't because I don't want to make it like a willpower thing because that's because it's not right. just about having the willpower, but if I can say no to this fleshly desire of food, mm -hmm. uh, there's also a, a correlation to well, wait, I'm I'm not I'm not bound not by a slave. this sexual sin, mm -hmm. uh, and I can I can step away from that as well. Uh, I don't does he does he go into any more? Does he kind of unpack his rationale? Would that other than if my memory serves me, it is because these are both. Um, so no, I should say like Ryan said a couple of weeks ago, sexual sin is the only sin that the Bible identifies as a sin against your, against own, your own body, body the temple uh, of God. And so by denying your body, telling your body, you're not going to be the boss of me <laughs> by fasting you are are getting a harness or a grip around the other appetites that are God-given, mm -hmm. but can become disordered. Um, and I couldn't help this whole this whole episode, Josh. I'm thinking of what Paul says, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has seized you except such as is common to man and God is faithful. He always provides a way of escape. Mm -hmm. You know, there's when we're tempted, there's always these ways that we can escape, but it does start with making decisions, I think in these three areas that, that Kinsey brought to mind, you know, in, in closing, Josh, what, unless you've got more, what, what would you say if we could say, okay, these three areas, what are three things we could tell our listeners and viewers 
that they could take away from Kinsey's message that they could literally, let's call them action steps. Like this is what you can do coming out of this message. Well, I mean, and, and I'll just I'll just recap the three because we hit on three disciplines in particular. We talked mm-hmm. about scripture memorization. Right? So Which, stop and memorize scripture. So so dedicate some time to that. And you're like, oh man, I, I have a hard mm-hmm. time memorizing it. With a lot of these things, right? And I don't, I don't want to generalize, right? Pastor Ryan says this sometimes. He's like, man, you ha- you have time for what you make time for. Yeah, I know some of you, you've got certain schedule things that are outside your curve. I'm not, right? Okay, calm down, calm down. <laughs> we love you, but but here's the thing, man. Mm-hmm. How much time do you spend scrolling social media? How much time do you spend on Netflix? How much time do you spend, like? If, your phone if, will tell you. You know, we've talked before about the practice of like examine, right? Like mm-hmm. this time of like creating space yeah. to say, okay, hmm, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Utilize something like that to say, what what fills my time? Mm-hmm. Actually, now you, I've heard like you're doing this with your cohort, aren't you? We are. I, I've heard like so you're track. <laughs> talk about that just briefly. Yeah. So we have numerous logs. Um, and the logs are particularly just awareness logs. They aren't for me to say, oh, Josh, you spent- I can't believe you. <laughs> and everybody's going to get around this person and, and write a scarlet letter on their chest. That's no. right. Hit them, with the, hit them with the no stick. It's literally just an awareness thing. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. I'm going to confess this on the podcast. I'm, I don't know where this is going. <laughs> Bro, I'm looking at my, my screen time thing and I'm not like a big time social media. You know, I'm on it, but- in the month of October, 2022, I spent 45 hours on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube combined. Those four areas, 45 hours, That was, that was Josh. just in the, in the month of October? Yes. That's, that's, a, that's a full- More than a work week. week. <laughs> that's, so I'm saying this to say to you, viewers and listeners, we do what we want. We make time for what we want. Now, I'm thankful because of my own life, the disciplines that I have, um, that that time that I spent on social media, it wasn't in place of my disciplines. Mm. It wasn't in place, but it's it's idle time, you know? Uh, so I think, yeah, Kin- Kinsey's first point of saying, hey, memorizing scripture uh, is a great way to combat the devil's voice in your head. So step one would be, Get in the word. Just yep. start reading it. Yep. Okay. Step two, what, what's another action step so, we can take? So then we talk about that that discipline of simplicity, mm. right? Take an evaluation. Yeah. Take, take an evaluation. Like how much stuff do you have? How much stuff do you actually need? Actually need. Mm-hmm. And and is there a gap there? Like JB said, man, I haven't worn this shirt in you know three years. Get rid of the shirt. Yeah. Start to simplify. Even ask, I would say, ask the reason, well, why do I do these things? Now, I am, I have never been accused of being a fashionista, <laughs> right? Which is not a political thing. It's just, I think that's what they call people that have fashion. Yes. Right? Yes. I'm not one of those people. I wear essentially the same thing every day. I was going to dive into that because I know you've been intentional. <laughs> I have been intentional. You have been intentional. So that was actually coming off of reading Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I love it. I was like, you know what? This is... This is an easy way for me. So I I wear the same pair of pants all week long. Mm-hmm. I wear a, a black t-shirt every day and then I'll wear like a dress shirt. And mm-hmm. I wear the same thing every day. It it removes mental Brain space. clutter. Yeah. Right. Like I don't have to yeah. try to figure out and there I'm not I didn't come up with this. Right. I'm pretty sure didn't Steve Jobs, he did the kind of the same yeah, thing. Yeah, a lot of a lot of like, big time CEOs do this too. Right. It's yeah. like, but I can simplify that. Yep. It also simplifies my wardrobe. I don't need to have 
87 pairs of pants. I yeah. wear the same shoes. I don't care what outfit I'm wearing. I'm wearing the same pair of shoes. Yep. You know? Yep. Uh, so so the, just that idea of simplicity. Breeds contentment. Yes. Yes. Because mm-hmm. as I'm a, as I find that I'm able to survive with less stuff, it's like, oh, I guess I guess I didn't really need that. And your life is better because of this. Yes. It's better. But here's the other thing. And Kinsey hit on this and I loved it. And and I had a look at my wife because she's she's kind of like gently nudged me on this too, particularly with tools. Because mm-hmm. I'm one who's like, oh, ooh, ooh, like I could justify the purchase of any tool because I'm mm-hmm. I'm sure that I'll I need that for for this. You know, Kinsey talked about like which uh for those of you that are watching, don't that's Pastor Brandon. Sorry, I forget. We call I him forget. Kinsey. We call him Kinsey. Um like he talked about this idea of of sharing. Yes. And I remember I was looking, there was a there was a tool I was like, ooh, ooh, this would be really good to have. But and how often are you gonna use it? Well, and that and Nicole's like, well, like, do you know somebody that has one of those? I'm like, well, well, yeah, but She's like, utilize your village was was, oh, was her language, right? Like, a good word. We, we have such an individualistic society here, mm-hmm. but no, like we don't all need one of these tools, mm-hmm. right? Because if you've got one of these tools yes, and you're cool with me, like borrowing that sometime. Cool. I have I have an example of this. Uh, the, our previous church community was just a really big part of our, our church culture. And so I had, and this is from Harbor Freight. So for those of you who don't know, this is the Chuck E. Cheese of tool stores, right? <laughs> like it's like one use tools. Sometimes you get good stuff, but mostly it is like one use. You break this thing. It's not Craftsman or, you know, right. Milwaukee. Okay. So I bought a 30 ton vertical and horizontal log splitter. And there was like a bunch of us guys at the church who we cut firewood to heat our homes. Nobody else bought, bought a log splitter. We all use this log spitter, Josh, for years. Mm. I can, and when we would blow a cylinder, everyone would pitch in an equal amount. Didn't matter who was using it. If it broke, you know, unless the person could say, hey, I was negligent and I broke this, right. then they would repair it. But otherwise, we split all the expenses of repair and maintenance. And that thing, I ended up selling it because I stopped burning firewood, but we use this thing. <laughs> I can't believe. So it was a great tool that I got from Harbor Freight. Um, but yeah, we didn't all need a fifteen hundred dollar mm. log splitter. You know, you only you only split so much wood per year, anyways. Uh, so I'm a my wife and I are big fans of that. We you know when I go outside in the winter and I'm snow blowing my driveway, I'm like, and I see my neighbor across the street, like I could throw a rock and hit him, and he has a snowblower to my left because we live on the lake. Got a snowblower? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, why is this? Why is this? I don't like it. So that's a great Sorry. way. And that also ties into the discipline of community, right? If, yeah. if you, if you set your life up in such a way that you have to rely on other people, mm. you will cultivate community. Yep. So yeah. Yeah. Get out of the individualistic bubble. Uh, and step then real, three. Yeah. Step three, fasting, fasting, right, which we, we've talked about before, yep. right? But, but that, that cutting yourself off from a fleshly desire, mm-hmm. even though it's a good one. Yes. Right. And and using that uh, to be intentional to lean into Jesus mm-hmm. again, let Holy Spirit highlight in you other areas of the flesh that He wants to root out uh, in that process. And I want to say for those of you watching or listening, um, you need to make fasting a regular part of your life. This isn't something you wait for Pastor Ryan, mm. Pastor Josh, Pastor Brandon, myself, Pastor JB to come and say, "Okay, we're going to do twenty-one days of fasting." Uh, and, and this, this became a regular part of my life through the teaching of John Mark Comer, where he talked about it being a practice and a discipline. I grew up understanding that fasting was like situational, circumstantial, and we do see some of that in mm-hmm. the scripture. Yeah, you see that. 
but the, the whole idea of it becoming a regular practice of your life, whatever that looks like, maybe it's once a month, maybe it's once a week. I don't know. Do this, do this. And, and over a period of time, just see what God begins to do in your life. Mm. It's amazing. No, that's good. Yeah, that's good. So yeah, uh, there's we're some long action, again today. Yeah, there's some action steps for you. Uh, utilize those. Yeah, but we we hit on some really important stuff at the beginning. Like you know, it's Kinsey's fault. His message was that good. El Pacino and Keanu Reeves <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hey, uh, thanks for joining us for episode six. Yeah. Uh, next week we will continue on our discussion, digging deeper into the unseen realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for now, we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, I think I'm gonna go buy an apple pie tea latte. At Do, five it, man. <laughs> Do it. Hey, like, share this podcast with your friends and family on YouTube. And now, uh, let's do a quick shout out too. I had three different people. Uh, approached me Sunday at church, uh, some of my neighbors, uh, family, and then uh, another gentleman, George, uh, watching, listening, appreciative of the of the podcast. If you are enjoying the podcast, we're not asking so that we'll feel puffed up about it. We want to know, is it a good investment? Right. Like, is it a good uh, use of our time and resources the church has entrusted us, uh, you as a body have entrusted us? Uh, so like, share, subscribe, rate, review, do all that stuff. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.